singing some songs. These are wonderful children's songs. I'm sure it'll bring us back many memories for when we were probably in our cradle roll class or in our kindergarten class. But these are wonderful songs to always lift up our spirits as well because they tell us about Jesus' love for the little ones, for one, big ones like you and me as well, and especially for everyone in this world. So we're going to sing a little song, Jesus Loves the Little Children. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And He also loves the little ones like you, 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 and the little ones like me, me, me. So let's sing a song. Jesus loves the little ones like me, me, me. Jesus loves the little ones like me, me, me. Jesus loves the little ones like me, me, me. Little ones like me stand up on his knee. Jesus loves the Like you, Jesus loves the bigger ones like you, you, you. Jesus loves the little ones like you, you, you. Little ones like you, saves them through and through. Jesus loves the little ones like you, you, you. Amen. We now have a very special part of this program, which is another Sabbath celebration. We have a baby dedication. Amen. Aren't you happy we get babies at church? Amen. It's the most beautiful, uh, some of the most beautiful uh, part of our audiences we could receive at church. Babies, children. Our church has a great future because we have a lot of kids here. And I love to see how each department is now uh, in getting them involved in participation. I think it's great. And today I want to invite Lucas and Melanie Cafuque to come up to the front because they have Annalise being present. Um, Eden, Eden. And I tell you, this is part of getting older, I guess. Welcome this morning. We have Eden Elsie Cafuque being presented today, but I also know their families here with them. And I would like to invite the family to come up to the front as well. And we might not have enough space here, but it's always good to have the family to, to present a new baby, a new member onto our community. Come to the front. I know the grandparents are here. They came to to, uh, to be part of this special ceremony. And we want them to also come and, and, and come all the way to the front. Let's be in the back. Let's have them uh, in the center or in the, in the middle of them. And we all can surround them.
Come up to the front, guys. Don't be shy. Come up to the front. Eden and Riley have a great family. And it is awesome to know that when it comes to raising a child, we're not alone. We have the support of a family. Their great-grandparents can't come up with that, but they're sitting there. Okay. Great-grandparents are also here. Can you raise your hand? Yes, we have them here. Thank you, guys. Isn't it wonderful to see families coming to Jesus at this age to set their path before him? The Bible is clear when it says, teach the child on his way that he should go. And when he grows old, he will not depart from it. He will not go astray. Now, why do we take the time to bring our children before Jesus? Why do we take the time to bring our children to the church? You might be here for the first time thinking, what is this all about? What do they present their babies to Jesus? Well, we understand, number one, we are only stewards of the little ones God has given us. Meaning that we have just a period of time where we are going to be able to make an influence in their lives. Preparing them for the kingdom of God. Therefore, we need all the help possible. And when it comes to preparing Eden, preparing Riley, and preparing the whole community here, we need everyone's input in it, everyone's help. Not to criticize, not to judge, not to see whether they're doing it right or wrong, but to support them, to pray for them, to help them. Being a parent is one of the most difficult jobs. How many agree with me? We've ever given. No one, no children, no child comes with its own money or saying this is the way it should go. In fact, they develop a character and that character tends to be very alike of ours. Whether we like it or not, they tend to inherit all those beautiful pieces of our own character. Usually, the ones we try to avoid the most. You know what I'm talking about. They tend to reflect those things that we wouldn't wish them to reflect. This is why we need the help of someone else higher than us. To help us in this process. This monumental work that we cannot do on our own. Matthew chapter 19, I love the fact that Jesus took the time to address this big need. Imagine if Jesus had said, hadn't said anything. If Jesus hadn't taken the time to address the need of children in our churches and congregations. I'm sure our children would be probably from the building on the other side of the street. If Jesus hadn't taken the time to say, listen, out of all the things you do, and of all the good programs you can set up, and out of all the good uh, uh, audiences you can conclude in, nothing beats or nothing is more important than taking care of the little ones. Charles Spurgeon used to say, take care of your lamb, or you will not have any sheep to pasture onto. One of the greatest speakers of the 19th century would know that unless you take care of the little ones, there will be no big ones to take care of. And at some point, we all were little ones. And someone took the time, the effort, the patience, and the willingness to instruct us. That's why we are here. 
We are not here just because of coincidence. Somehow we understood Jesus and now we are sitting here. We are here because someone took the time to train us. At some point of our life. Shows the way. Now Jesus said. Then the people brought the little children to Jesus for him. To place his hands on them. And pray for them. Not only to bless them. But to pray for them. Imagine Jesus praying for our children. Not only us. Not only the family. Not only the grandparents and great grandparents. But Jesus himself is praying every day for your children. Jesus is praying for my children, and Jesus will be praying for Eden, and Jesus will be praying for Riley. He's going to be praying for you guys as you take the, take the monumental work on your hands. I know, Melanie, oftentimes patience runs slow. There are times where our strength is just drying. It seems that long hours at night are not passing quick enough. And we just wish to have some few hours of sleep, some few minutes of sleep. Don't forget that we all go through that process. Therefore, we need the support of everyone around us. Call them to see how they're doing. Can I take the time for an hour or two for you guys to go for a walk? I have a spare evening. I can help you today. Is there something I can support you with? Can I go buy something for you? Do you need any groceries? I'm at the store right now. I could bring a little extra for you as well. It's not that they're requiring or requesting this. Usually we as parents tend to be very shy when it comes to this moment. And we tend to seclude ourselves thinking no one should know what we're carrying or how we're struggling. But those of you who have been parents already know exactly the route they are taking and know exactly the task that they have. So before we tend to say, let's see if they're doing a good job or not, let's kneel down for them and pray that God will continue to help them in this humongous task that they have before them. Jesus said, but the disciples rebuked them. Seems that they were so busy trying to get the church going in the program that they felt that this was not important enough. And I'm very sorry, parents, especially those that have little children. As a church, we are learning. Remember that this is a, a school. This is a school setup where we are growing and learning. And oftentimes we overlook children thinking that as we take care of the adults, the children will be fine. And it's the opposite. If we take care of the children, the adults will be fine. How many of you are happy when your children are well taken care of? Forget about me. Take care of my little ones. If they are fine, this is where I'm investing my most precious time on them. And if you help me with them, everything else is fine with me. Jesus rebuked them and said, let the children come unto me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Amen. How can I hinder a child from coming to Jesus? My relationship with God will determine to a big extent how much they get connected to God. I've said this before and I say it again. At this time... The picture of, of God that Eden is creating in her little mind and, and Riley determines on how much I, co I connect myself to God. In fact, we as parents in the very first 
steps or the very first months and even first years, the concept of God gets declared and, 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 and clear in their eyes by who we are. At this moment, Eden sees Melanie and Lucas as God. You guys are her God. And I'm not trying to say something here that is uh, blasphemous. What I'm trying to say is that the first concept they understand of how God takes care of me is by seeing how my parents take care of me. And the only way I can reflect God in my character and my actions is if I connect myself to him. Hindering a child from coming to God means that I neglect my own connection to Jesus. When I neglect my own personal relationship as a parent, I'm hindering their connection to Jesus. That means that my biggest responsibility is to give my life to him every single day. And as I do that, God will show them the way and the path as I show them how I reflect the character of God in my life. Parents, thank you for taking the time to come on to here. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to help you with raising your children. You're not alone. You have a whole support group here that is going to be helping you in that process. And if they don't, they don't do that, give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> but we have also the whole church who's willing to support young parents to help them re raise children as citizens of heaven. We are not losing anymore. We are not planning to lose any more children of our church. Get this clear. Our church will not lose any more children of the kingdom of God. Our church is, is invested in rescuing, supporting, helping. And this is the way. This is where we start. Not 20 years down the road. When we come back and say, Pastor, can you now help me? This is when we start 20 years earlier. Where I present my children to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm not going to do this without your blessing. May you go before me. I want to have a special prayer and I want to ask Nadia to come up here as part of our children's ministry. And I always want to ask our teachers. I know you guys are in the back, but Sonia, Jessica, Alina, they are the ones who are, and uh, Luana. You guys will be inheriting this new member of your class into children's ministry. Come up to the front because you can see now that you're not alone. There's a whole group of support who are helping you in this process. They are also mothers. Guess what? They're also doing their work. So this can create now a support system for each of you. Jessica and Luana. I know Alina uh, is not here today, but she's also very invested in, in reaching the life of the children. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Thank you guys for coming. Come up to the front. I want the church to know who are responsible for helping us with our little kids in the back. And if you go to the children's ministry department every Sabbath, you're going to see that there's music, there's movement, they're jumping up and down. Because at that age, they're already training the little ones to understand who Jesus is. Aren't we great and thankful for this group of support that we have in our church? Amen. Praise the Lord. Our church is invested in saving little ones. Let's have a word of prayer. Family, if you may, if it's possible, let's kneel down. If it's not, it's okay if you stand. Uh, you'll keep her. Yes. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
thank you so much for the blessing of a new birth, for the life that you've given in Eden, and the blessing to have her at this home. For time, you prepare Melanie and Lucas to reward him with such a gift. We pray, Lord, understanding that we are only stewards of our children. And we have them for a moment of time. So I pray that you will continue to guide Lucas and Melanie in this great task they have before them. Leading Riley and Eden to the kingdom of God. We pray that the family will be there to support them. That the church will become also a place of refuge and peace. A fortress where our children are going to grow safely. Because God is reigning in this kingdom. Lord, I pray that you will continue to help Melanie. As she works with the character of Eden and Riley. And Lucas, as he supports and takes the, the steps to show your character to his family. May you continue to guide them together. We have no idea what the future holds for them. But we truly understand that the plans that you have for us are for good and not of evil. To give us a peace and a future and hope in it. So today, Lord, they've come before you. Because they understand that the only way they can take on this task. Is by having you lead them in this process. So we pray that your Holy Spirit will be reigning over their home. That peace and love will be included in that process. And that Eden and Riley will grow together to be great testimonies of your love and character to this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have a very special gift for you guys. And family, thank you for coming with us. Thank you for showing the support. Thank you, church, for praying for them. Let's continue to support our young families. May God bless you. And thank you for coming on Sabbath. We would like to share a special music, and this would be a dedication to, um, for every parent that has had a child, I know it's a prayer, this is Hannah's prayer, and I know it was also one of yours, so I hope you enjoy this beautiful song, and we're going to see it on the screen, it's called, For This Child.
time to remember the commitment we made with God. Truly our children are a gift from God. And the only way they can become a true talent and a true gift is by returning it to him. By giving it all to him. Today we have a very special service as well and a ceremony. Because we're about to experience now a newborn not only a baby dedication, but also a newborn. And this is amazing, because when our church gets to celebrate this way, I'm telling you there is party in heaven. There's a huge celebration happening in heaven as well. And I hope you get excited for it, because this is what we are here for. If it wasn't for this, there would be no reason for us to be here at all. If it wasn't for the saving of souls, our church wouldn't need to be here anymore. So I really, really hope you get excited, and not only excited, but you also get moved to say, Lord, what about me? When do I do my part? When have I lost my vision and mission in this world? You were created with a purpose. And the purpose God created this church for was to save, to seek and save that which was lost. And you and I get the opportunity to participate in such a wonderful job that even the angels wish they could take part of. They would love to be part of this journey. But it is up to you and I to be participants of saving humans along with Jesus. So this is a wonderful Sabbath. And I hope you're not looking at the watch because we might overpass our, light, our, our, our limit time this morning. But it's not a problem. We are celebrating. And it is a big feast that we're throwing today at this place. Now, the title for today's message is called The Invitation. What's it called? The Invitation. The invitation. And usually I don't use titles that are just one statement. I tend to use titles that are more progressive and, and a little bit more catchy. But I think this goes very well with what the Lord has to say to you this morning. This whole week you've been busy. You've been learning and also trying to stay focused. You've been listening to so much noise that it's hard to just know what the Lord wants from us. In fact, it is difficult to take time to pray. 
I've been practicing and getting back into the habit of waking up early and dedicate those hours to spend time with God. But guess what? It's a challenge. It's a challenge for every one of us. Because somehow the world tries to get us to a different direction. Bed is so cozy. It's too cold outside. Maybe an extra hour. Maybe half an hour more. Maybe just 10 more minutes. And when you look at the watch. Time has passed. Now you're in a hurry. Now you are too late. Now you have too many com commitments. Now your agenda is way too full. Just, just, you're looking to see if you could add another two hours to the 24 you were given. And it seems like time is not enough. We are too tired. We are too weary. And the load that we are carrying is way too heavy. And we leave our days thinking this is how it's supposed to be. One day it might change. But for now, this is what I'm to carry. And when you look at our faces, our faces are long and sad looking. And we tend to ask, is this how Christianity should look? And our answer is, well, that's all I can afford. How else do you expect me to leave, Pastor? How else do you expect me to share my character, his character, my faith to others when I myself is carrying this load that I don't know what to do with it? The reality of many of us is that it's hard to find peace and solitude in our busy, busy lives. We get to another Sabbath and somehow we find some extra oxygen to put into our lungs. And we say, well, another Sabbath has passed. Maybe this week I'll do different. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday comes. And now you are in the same old pattern. Of destroying yourself. Denying your relationship with God. And acting as if he wasn't to come very soon. This is the reality we are experiencing in today's time. This week I was reading this guy and, and I've been so amazed to, to get back into refreshing my own thoughts. Because it gets to the point that we're just tired and we keep on going in this spiral thinking that there is no more to go to. But he uses the term, we are part of a culture that is called cyber zombies. We are glued to screens. We are glued to, 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 to places where it's shiny and light. And, and we just don't have time to meditate. We don't have time to reflect. We don't have time to think of what's coming tomorrow. We don't have time to think of what we're doing today with our lives. We just go in autopilot. And somehow we're following this screen that is setting the pace of how we are to walk on a daily basis. And according to this blogger, or according to this guy, or according to this artist, the way they reflected their life, that's how I aspire to be. Because that's where I'm getting all my information of what I want to become. So when you ask, why are we reflecting the character of God more intense in today's time? Maybe because we're not looking at him enough. Maybe because we're too busy looking at the screen before our hands that we forget that there is a higher calling for each of us. There is a higher calling. There is a standard that you and I are to live in today's time. 
People are looking to see, is there something different out there? This guy said, Robin Sharma, in fact, he's the author of the book. It's called The 5 a.m. Club. And he says, never in time before was so needed to have people who were highly achievers, who wouldn't just set up for average, who would go a little higher than extra. Now, never before had it been so easy to become a great master of what you do than in today's time. Why? Why is it not as hard to become great at what you do? Why? Because everybody is comfortable being average. Everybody's comfortable just doing the minimum requirement. Just enough to make it. If I'm not getting paid, I'm not going to do it. If I'm not being recognized, if I'm not being told, if I'm not being, being up there, why would I even try? And somehow we tend to give in. While we were called to do much better than that. See, we live in a generation that is so tired. In fact, you look at, uh, and we have great-grandparents here, so I have to be careful with that. But you look at great-grandparents, and you look at their energy, and they seem to go endless. They have that energy that they just keep on going. They wake up early, they do things, and, and with their strength at the level they have, they can easily take any of us when it comes to getting things done during the day. And we ask, why? It seems that we are so out of focus that we get so distracted throughout the day, we just don't have time to see of what's eternal. Come with me to the book of Matthew because you're going to find a Jesus who's now looking to connect with people in a way that no one has connected with them before. I mean, this Jesus who's willing to mingle with those who were rejected from society. Those that no one would pay attention to. Those that no one would have hope that they would inherit the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 9. I, I love the fact that Jesus breaks all type of protocols. And, and I like what... Uh, trying to remember... Uh, uh, our director for teens, our, our teacher for teens, Norm, Norm Semograd. Thank you, guys. Norm Semograd. I'm just learning on this as you are. Norm Semograd said, I'm going to move away from protocol. And oftentimes it's important for us to just break protocols and let the spirit do its work. The spirit does not work within protocols of, of shape, formations, thinking if you don't do this according to how I see it, then it's not going to happen. That's not how God works. God does not need your limitations. God goes beyond your set of parameters of how this is should, it should be played. Now Jesus comes and he meets with people and he has encounters with them. And every time Jesus had an encounter with someone, their life would change. And I keep saying this all the time. No one can come to Jesus and be the same. 
You can't say, I had an encounter with him and my life is still reflecting the same old patterns it used to be 20 years ago. It doesn't work that way. And if we, we don't have it clear yet, let's, let's, let's relearn some of these items. I, I visit people and said, <clears throat> Pastor, this is how I am. People are to accept me the way I am. This is how I treat my wife. She knows. She knew when she got married with me. So therefore, she has to put up with it. That's not how it works. The more time we spend with each other, the better the communication should be. The more time we spend with each other, the more love we should be reflecting onto each other. The more commitment I should be able to give. And the more sacrifice I should be able to allow myself to do. Because I love more. And the more I love, the less I want. And the more I'm willing to give. And when this happens in a, in a marriage, when this happens in a family, when this happens in a church, what do you think happens to that church? It grows. It changes. People wonder what is going on. What's happening? What, what is happening is that we stop looking at us, thinking what should I get? What the church should do for me? How the church should change because of me? And now we start thinking what can I do for the community I'm serving? Because this is the sample that Jesus gave us. It's never been about you and me. This is about service and salvation. It's about working on behalf of others. And as you do that, Jesus saves you and your family along the way. So Jesus now comes and he meets with people. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 and on. <clears throat> and the Bible says that Jesus passed from there and he saw a man named what? Matthew. He saw Matthew. Because he sees everybody. And he saw Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Oh, man. Matthew, seriously, Matthew is following Jesus now? Out of all the people, Matthew gets a chance? Now, if Matthew got a chance, you and I do have a chance. Because Matthew was what we would call a betrayer of his own people. Matthew was what we would call someone that gives the bag to his hood, to his brothers. Matthew was the type of person that you couldn't trust him because he would go and sell you off to the opposite side. Oh, there's nothing. Well, now the human part comes out. You have to deal with that. But when we play soccer, nothing. I, uh, I would say I, I despise the more. That when we are losing, one of our team members says, I'm gone. I'm leaving. I'm not going to be part of this. I feel like, man, if we are losing and you're leaving us now, that, that doesn't sound like we are a team. You shouldn't be betraying your team when they're losing. You have to stick with them. And you have to do the best that you can to keep on going. Now, Matthew was not a team player in this case. Matthew was the type of person that would give his back to his own. But the Bible says that Jesus went on to him. He saw him. And he saw him in his office. As a tax... How many of you like... Please don't raise your hand. 
But the time is around of that year. That, that part of the year is around right now, you know. And, and whatever you had in savings, it's gone. And, <clears throat> and you hope that next year it gets better. But it seems that every year it just keeps getting worse. And I know inflation and all these beautiful topics are off the charts right now in every newspaper. Please focus in Jesus. I need you to understand that all of this that is taking dust and is creating this huge cloud cannot hinder you from looking at him daily. You have to be able to, to clear that out and say, Lord, I need to connect with you before I connect to the, to the Tribune or to the NVC or AVC or whatever BCC you're looking at. You have to be able to see Jesus first. Do you get what I'm saying? Oftentimes we have this twisted. First we go get our coffee. Those of you who drink coffee, and then you go into the newspaper, and then you set up your thing to see what the market is doing today, and how the dollar went up or down, and you got to see everything around the world, but you're lacking to see what God is saying to your life. And then you ask a night, why am I so stressed? Why is my life carrying this much of a load? Why can I have peace at this time? I tell you, we need to change the way we do things. If you want to get different results, you need to start depending on him every day, especially as you start your day off. Nothing should be taken. If the first part of your mind or of your brain, as your mind is waking up, the first glimpses that should come into your thoughts are about connecting with God. And you will see what a difference it makes when you start connecting onto him. Uh, Gary, can you please open that door for us? Let's get some fresh air into the building because I know it's quite uh, uh, packed right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, the, the, the story continues on to say that Jesus met with Matthew. Now, people heard what Jesus was doing. And the first thing they said is, this guy is meeting with tax collectors. In fact, he went into their home. It wasn't only Matthew that Jesus met that day. There were a number of tax collectors that came into the encounter with Jesus. Now guess who, who is looking at that story, listening from far away, understanding that something is happening in Capernaum. Something is happening with Matthew. And he now is creating this small faith that maybe he could also have a chance to change as well. Maybe he could also get an opportunity to be transformed. Turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 19, because there we have our tax collector who's also waiting to receive an invitation like you and me. Luke chapter 19, when you read the book of Luke, you're going to see the, 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 uh, the narrative that Luke portrays. And then, then in chapter 18, Jesus goes to Jericho. And as he goes to Jericho, he has two big encounters. Number one, he goes there because there is a need for him to stop at one specific house, one specific place. But prior to arriving to that house, he meets with someone who's blind. You remember the blind guy? You remember his name? Bartimaeus, he meets with Bartimaeus and he gets to hear what is happening now. Luke is also at his office 
listening that there is a crowd movement happening within the city. Something big is happening. Now, Jericho was a city of, of many Roman officials. Many priests would live in the city of Jericho and also tax collectors, people with great wealth. Luke is understanding that something is coming into town because the news are saying it. The radio is, is checking on that. Twitter is taking all over the media saying Jesus is coming over. So they all are heading out to see how Jesus is about to enter the city. And as Jesus is coming, he meets or he passes through the road where Bartimaeus would sit down and call on to for help. You remember the story as Bartimaeus is sitting there. He listens that there is somebody passing by and he starts shouting, Son of David, have mercy on me. Luke is listening from afar. He's trying to understand what is going on. He can't see because he's short. He has a problem because people don't like him. In fact, he's rejected by his own nation. If only money could buy a closer spot to Jesus, he would pay for it. He had the bank account and he had the money. If only money could afford a closer place to the Savior, how much money he would have given up at that minute to be in close contact with Jesus. But it seems that money has nothing to do with getting salvation. In fact, salvation is free. The Bible says that as he's trying to reach out, he's too short and people don't allow him to see. He's trying to find ways to see if he can meet with Jesus, but he cannot. Meanwhile, this whole picture is taking place where Jesus says, Hey, somebody call my name. Bring him over. The disciples go out to Bartimaeus and they say, hey, take faith. Don't be afraid. He's calling you. The master wants you. And they bring him over to the master. Bartimaeus, Luke, is, Luke is there trying to understand what is going on. He can't see because of the multitude. He's trying to listen. And now Jesus tells Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? What is your request? What do you need? And I tell you, every Sabbath, when you come to this place and you sit before the presence of God, the same question is given. What do you need? What is the need that you have in today's time in your heart? See, Jesus has a very specific agenda. And he knows where he needs to stop. He knows where he needs to make a, 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 a a big uh, uh, teaching lesson there. And he is showing now his own disciples. That even these people who are sitting by the road. Are going ahead in the kingdom of God. Even this blind person is able to recognize. That he is the son of David. That he is the Messiah who was promised. And, and although the leaders. The priests. The Pharisees. The ones that knew the Torah. Couldn't understand that they had Jesus the son of God. Right before their eyes. Meanwhile, Luke is trying to see, Luke is trying to hear. In fact, he, he's trying to understand. Zacchaeus, I'm sorry. Thank you. Zacchaeus is trying to understand uh, what is happening. And he's trying to listen to the answer that Jesus is about to give Bartimaeus. He can't listen to the answer. It's too crowded. It seems that they are taking revenge. Because now you don't have any special treatment here. 
Jesus is for the people. We're not going to give you the spot. We're not going to share the spot that I have because of you. You shouldn't even be here. I don't know why you're here. Jesus is only for us. And there are times where people have the same mentality. Where Jesus is only for us. When Jesus is for everybody. He came to save everyone. But, but, but they don't do what we do. But they don't dress the way we dress. But they don't sing the way we sing. I'm happy to know that Jesus is the one that judges that. And not you and I. Because if it was because of us. Many thousands wouldn't have the opportunity to come to Jesus. If it was because of my standards. A lot of people wouldn't have a spot next to him. But Jesus knows better. Now, Zacchaeus is, is, is understanding that he won't be able to have a, a, a direct path to him. So he runs now onto the other side of the city. And as he's running, he finds a tree. And he climbs up on that tree. Could Jesus take another route? Maybe he could have. Could Jesus stay longer? Maybe he could have. Is he going to get the opportunity he's expecting? Maybe. Remember, he had heard John the Baptist already claiming unto them to repent. He had heard the experience of Matthew. In fact, he said, hey, Matthew is with him. And Matthew had the same uh, career path as I did. Maybe there is some hope for me too. Jesus is just coming back from resurrecting Lazarus, his best friend. The news are all over the place. Even Lazarus who was dead had the opportunity to be resurrected by him. There might be a chance for me too. And there is Zacchaeus climbing on that sycamore tree. And as he gets up there, he's trying to stay calm and quiet. Because he doesn't want to draw the attention to him. He only wants to see him. If only I would get to see Jesus. See, Zacchaeus had all the power of the world. He had money. He was wealthy. He had influences. He had all that somebody would, would like to have in today's time. When it comes to power, fame, influence. Yet, his heart was lonely. There was an emptiness in his heart. That none of all the things he could acquire would fill that place. And maybe you're sitting this morning here at church thinking that you do have a big bank account. And you do own a house. And you do have a way to get, to get your, yourself around. But there's still an emptiness that nothing can fill it up. You go to different places. You try different methods. You go to different schools, different ther therapies. You've gone through, through, through different philosophies and somehow nothing has worked. And that emptiness of the heart is still lacking inside of you. And you say, well, is there something for me here in this world? See, Zacchaeus had everything. And yet he was empty. His small stature couldn't allow him to see. But now he was rising up to the challenge. Because he was setting himself in a place where vulnerability could take over. He was at the spot. And none of us like to be in the spot. 
But it's unless we get to that place where nothing can cover us. Nothing can help us. Nothing can give us the perfect view. And we are vulnerable before God that we truly understand how much we need Him. It oftentimes that requires for us to fall onto our knees, to lose everything, to get a phone call and say, hey, you're now getting these results and we need you back because now you have another appointment to make. Something is not looking right. When you get those calls, vulnerability comes into place and you understand that it doesn't matter how much you have in your bank account, nothing counts. And nothing works. Our world has shown us over the past two and a half years. How vulnerable we are. And how much everything can be taken from us. In the snap of a finger. Not that he didn't didn't do it before. But it just seems that when everyone collectively speaking feels the same pain. All we can afford to do is look up to heaven and say Lord. Continue to support us. Continue to help us. Now Zacchaeus is there wondering what is going to happen now. Jesus stood right below that branch. And and, and, and Zacchaeus is not trying to get the attention onto himself. Because he knows people are going to laugh. One of the most powerful rich men is standing up there on that branch. How funny that would look. Oftentimes we don't come to God because we think that people are going to laugh at us. Our friends will mock us. Our family will will shut their doors to us. And we feel that by giving a room or place to him, we're going to lose everything on this other hand. Let me tell you, nothing could be farther from the truth. When you give yourself to God, you end up gaining instead of losing. Right now you're losing. Right now as you're not giving him everything, your soul is empty. The load is heavy. The weariness is giving you more and more struggle. There's nowhere you can get any help. Even with the money that you might have, there's no answer or solution. It is not until we come to face our reality that we understand how much we truly need Jesus in our lives. Now Zacchaeus is there thinking, what is he going to do? But you can see the master, how gentle and how careful he deals with each one of us. While the multitudes are laughing at Zacchaeus because he's there. Imagine the picture, a short guy up on the branch, looking all weird, trying to to, to stay up there. And you're looking at him, what are you doing up there, man? You shouldn't be here. You should be back in your office collecting taxes. This is not for you. This is for us. Jesus steps in and says, Zacchaeus, calls him by his name because he knows him. He knows what he has been dealing with. He knows the load he has in his heart. He understands how many months and years he's been suffering alone. Although he had this money, no one could be friends with him because anyone that would try to be his friend was either to take advantage of him or to mock him. Because he's a betrayer. You can't be friends with someone like that. His whole nation despised him. Yet, here's the Savior of the world calling on to him by his name. 
Zacchaeus, come quickly because I must stay in your house today. Everybody stood silently there. Hearing that picture and understanding the, the whole scenario. Everybody's thinking, what is going on? This is out of protocol. That's not how it works. At church, Jesus, the way we save is first. You dress this way. Next, you pay your tithe and offering. Next, you come every Sabbath and then we'll see if you get saved. But Jesus doesn't work in that way. Jesus is the need of the heart. And he tells Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I have an invitation for you. Allow me to stay in your house. When I think about the way Jesus saves, I, I get amazed at how he breaks protocols. He takes down barriers. He doesn't go by what people will say. He doesn't fall, fall for peer pressure. He doesn't go into that concept of political correct. He says the way things have to be said. And he uses what needs to be used. And he tells Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I came to save people like you. So if you allow me to come into your house, your house will change. And this is what has been taking place in Wayne's life. He heard Jesus calling months ago. Somehow in the middle of all the media outlets and groups and places. He was able to establish a connection with Heidi online. At a group, a random group. Where he was inquiring about who Jesus is and what is coming to this world. He started coming to church a few months ago. And then he said, I want to be ready. I want to prepare myself. I want to give everything to Jesus. Amen. And we pair him up with Mark, who now he started Bible studies. Where he's been doing Bible studies on a weekly basis. Today... He have heard the voice of Jesus saying, Wayne, come from wherever you are and let me go into your house. For if Jesus comes and dwells in our place, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. This unexplicable uh, peace comes into our place. And people just wonder, even this person, even that person, even Zacchaeus, even Matthew, there is hope for everyone. Amen. When we allow Jesus to do his work in our lives. I love the fact that the Bible says it was necessary for Jesus to go through Jericho. It was necessary. It wasn't random. It wasn't because he was late on his agenda. It wasn't because he took a deviation. It was necessary. He knew there was somebody there that needed salvation. It is necessary for you to open your heart to God today. I'm going to invite Wayne to come up to the front. And Wayne is not only him by himself. His aunt and his mom is here with him. Thank you for coming, guys. Thank you for supporting Wayne in this wonderful decision. He's not going into, into the unknown 
thinking that there might be wrong things happening ahead. He's going with the hand of the one that knows the curse of the, of the, uh, of the universe. He knows how to lead our lives. And when we allow Jesus to take over, I tell you, you just have to sit back, relax, because the joy and the ride you're about to take is eternal. The way God works, transforming someone's heart, goes beyond our understanding. But this calling and this decision, this invitation Wayne has accepted is not only for him today. It's also for you. There might be some here sitting thinking, Lord, I've been thinking that I should prepare myself for baptism as well. I've been thinking, feeling lonely as well. I've also been needing that extra help. I've been feeling empty. This is the time for you to say, I also want to prepare myself for baptism. I also want to get ready because I want the Lord to come and dwell in my house. When Jesus comes to our house, he transforms everything. When Jesus goes into your house, it will never be the same. Before Jesus went into Zacchaeus' house, he was already saying, Lord, let me tell you, I've been moved. Before you even come into my house, let me make this clear. I'm going to return everything I've taken and even four times more to those who I've done wrong. Why would somebody do that? Why, when it seems that I'm losing, in reality, I'm gaining? Why do math don't work with God the way we understand it here on earth? Because it seems that when he was giving up, and instead he was gaining the kingdom of heaven. What do you need to give up to say, Lord, I also want to be prepared for baptism? Today is the day. Think about that. You can't delay this decision any longer. You can't expect this to be in another time. If Zacchaeus hadn't done what he did, maybe his record story wouldn't be in the Bible. Somehow he placed himself in a vulnerable spot to say, yes, this is the day. The Holy Spirit was working in his heart and he gave room so the Spirit could convince him. Today, the Holy Spirit is calling also unto your lives. The Holy Spirit also calling unto your life. It is the time for you to say, Lord, I also want to prepare myself. I also want to get ready. During the week, I met with Wayne. And we went over our baptismal uh, vote. My commitment. This is how it's called. And I read with him the 13 different sentences or paragraphs. And to all of them, Wayne said clearly, yes, I do. I accept. But I'm going to read a couple before you. So you also may witness what the challenge and what also the blessing has been for him to accept Jesus. I believe there is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A unity of three co-eternal persons. Do you? Yes. Praise the Lord. I believe that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I will honor God by caring for it. Avoiding the use of that which is harmful. Abstaining from all unclean foods. 
from the use, manufacture, or sale of alcoholic beverages, the use, manufacture, or sale of tobacco of any of its forms for human consumption, and from the misuse or trafficking of narcotics and other drugs. Yes. Praise the Lord. I accept and believe that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is the remnant church of the Bible prophecy and that people of every nation, race, and language are invited and accepted into this fellowship. I desire to be a member of this local congregation and of the world church. Yes. Praise the Lord. How many of us accept Wayne as a new member of our church? Amen. Praise God. Not only we accept him, but we also take on our hands the commitment to pray for him. To pray for his daily walk with God. Wayne, welcome to the family of Christ. Thank you. This is your church. This is your family. They are great people. I, I tell you that. I know that for a fact. They are great people. And they will be praying for you as you walk and as you start your walking with Jesus. We are going to go in the back and get ready for this baptism. Nadia is going to continue here with some songs as we prepare ourselves. Please don't go. You're about to experience one of the greatest miracles we get to see in today's time. But I know God is also working in your heart. I'm going to give you another few minutes because I'm going to make one last appeal. And when I make that last appeal, I want you to stand up. Think about this. I want you to stand up wherever you are and say, I also want to prepare for baptism. Pastor, but you're asking too much. You're asking me to stand up. Of course. Zacchaeus had to go to that tree. You're only standing up on this place. You don't have to climb any tree right now. But it takes commitment. And, and it takes courage. And it takes being vulnerable. And it takes to recognize that I am empty and I need to be filled by the power of, Lord, of, of God. So I want you to please pray where you are in church. This is the time we pray for those decisions that are being made. Pray with me. Pray with the leaders. Pray with the elders. As decisions for heaven are being made at this time. Let's continue on to the service. We're going to go in the back. Hello. Yeah. I invite you to open your hymnals. We're going to be singing some wonderful songs, uh, some songs about preparing our hearts for the Lord. We could open the curtains. We might not need or use the screen right now, so that's why I invite you to use the hymnals because we want to open the baptismal so you guys can also see it. But Thank goodness we have our hymnals. <laughs> Thank God that we can also have them. And so if in front of your pews, you will find them, and we will be singing from, from there as well. Follow along the words that we have on our, on our book, our hymnal.
met with Wayne in my office, he came to me and he said, Pastor, I, I truly feel the conviction that God is calling me to a higher uh, connection with him. I, I want to be ready. And I said, Wayne, are you sure what you're saying? Are you understanding what you're committing yourself to? Uh, and Wayne said, I, I do. Every time I get to read my Bible, every time I get to spend more time with Jesus, and now if I come to church, I, I've seen that this is a part that I was missing in my life. And I said, praise the Lord, Wayne, because you were brought by the Holy Spirit to this place. And, and for those of you that know Wayne, you can see that he's truly committed to the Lord. This is what happens when we come into encounters with Jesus. Our life gets transformed. This is what could happen to you as well. If you allow him to do his work in your life. Today Wayne comes with his aunt, with his mom. And they are supporting him in this process. And I pray the Lord that they will also see the benefit in his life and his transformation. How God is changing his character. Today I'm going to baptize him because he comes understanding that there is only one God. And he needs salvation. He has accepted that we are sinners and we need Jesus' sacrifice and we allow him to take over our life. When I talked to Wayne, I said, this is going to be a public display. He said, how public? I said, well, the whole universe is going to be watching. Everybody's going to be watching because there has to be a public record of one more soul that Jesus saves in this world. So Wayne, I'm going to be praying for you. And as we go into the waters, I want also the church to pray. Pray for his life and pray for the many more that will come because of Wayne. How God is now giving him the opportunity not only to be born again, but be, to, be, to be born again as a missionary. To be born again as someone who's going to be reaching for more souls because the time is short. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Because Wayne now has made a public decision of being accepted in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven. He has understood now that it is only through the blood of Christ that we can be saved. And understanding that we are sinners, we come before you. He has come before you to the waters to be cleansed by you, accepting you as his savior, accepting you as his leader, as his master. He is now determined to live a life according to your will, giving full authority to the Holy Spirit and God the Father to work in his life on behalf of his salvation and the salvation of many. Wayne, by the authority that the Seventh-day Adventist Church has given us, and as a minister of the gospel, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Say any words. So, 
when I, when I met Heidi, it was online, and um, I was just posting news articles, and then Heidi thought I was searching for God, so she introduced me to some videos from Doug Batchelor, just about Sabbath, and I thought that was really amazing, and so one of the things that got me to come to church was the Sabbath, and then also knowing, coming to know the spirit of prophecy, and I thought that was really amazing. And then, and then I, I said to Pastor Tony, I wanted to do some Bible studies and then so I could be baptized. And then I started doing studies with Mark. And I just I thought that was really great. And now, now I'm here and, and I thought this was really amazing. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is always a very special moment because we all get to remember that one day we were given, we were able to give our lives to Jesus. It always brings us back to that one beautiful day when we also said, I do accept. It's been years maybe in the progress of your own walking with Jesus. For those of you who need to refresh your connection with him, who needs to re-energize that relationship, that first love. Next week, we will have communion service. And I want you to make plans to participate because this is the time where we get to renew our connection and refresh our commitment to him. But I want to speak to those who are not yet being baptized. Those of you who for time have thought about that, but maybe you haven't seen the, the, the right appropriate time. Or maybe you've just been putting it in the back of your mind thinking, well, if I leave it there, it might, I might forget it and I'll keep going with the way I'm doing. Well, the time has come. God is also calling you. Jesus is coming very soon. And the fact that he's coming very soon is the fact that we're seeing miracles like this happening in today's time. That invitation is open, wide open right now. So if you hear his voice, do not endure or strengthen your heart. This is the time for you to say, Pastor, I also want to prepare. I also want to get ready. I know it's not easy. It took me years also. It took me time for me to get out of that pew and say, I also want to be ready. But I tell you, when I did, I would never regret that day that I took that decision. So today is the time, if there is anyone else that would like to prepare their lives to give their lives to Jesus, please stand up wherever you are. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that God will seal that decision in your heart. This is the day that God is calling you. This is the day Jesus is stopping right before our congregation. If you would like to stand up, I would like to pray for you. This is the time. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is working in our community. What we are about to see are things that we haven't seen before. Jesus is coming again. We don't have time to lose anymore. We can't waste any more time. If you would like to prepare your heart and say, Lord, I want to also be ready for when you return. Take the time, stand up 
and say, Lord, I also want to prepare myself. I want to pray for you. I don't want this service to end before we pray specifically for you and your family. I know it's not easy. We struggle with what people would say, what that commitment would look like. How much am I losing if I come to God? What do I have to give up? Well, let me tell you, our heavenly God gave up everything in heaven to come and save you and I. He was willing to put aside his own throne just to come and serve us for you and I. What we are giving up, ultimately we are winning. Because you're winning eternal life. You're winning a relationship with Christ. A friend who will never betray you. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray specifically for the families that have gone up this morning. Let's bow our heads and pray. If you feel the conviction to get up while we are praying, do it. Do it. Let's pray. What a great miracle we have experienced today, Lord. Your church and heaven itself are celebrating. Because truly the sacrifice at the cross was not in vain. Truly the power of the blood of Jesus is still changing hearts in today's time. And we praise you for that. Because it was through it that you gave us a second opportunity. You gave us the opportunity to develop a close relationship with God. Where there are no more barriers. We can come boldly to the throne of God. And today Lord. We also understand that not only in Wayne's heart you're working. But in a number of people at this congregation. Those of you watching online are also feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. We pray, Lord, that the decision that is being made right now in their hearts will be sealed by the power of your Holy Spirit. That they will truly make their remarks and truly make a decision to give everything up for Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you continue to work in their commitment. We know it's not easy. Oftentimes we are afraid of the unknown. But we want to follow you. We want to say how much we love you. Give us the strength and give them the strength. To not look back. But to continue to focus in you. And we as a church to support them. In this walk to get to know you even better. Thank you for the families. Thank you for the young men. Thank you for the couple. And thank you for our youth who are also filling the call. I pray, Lord, that soon we will be celebrating again. Because many more will come to that conviction. There is no better place to be than at the feet of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
We will continue to pray uh, to um, sing the last two verses of hymn 321. <laughs> richness, many gold, many things in this world. But if we don't have Jesus, it's for nothing. And so I'd rather have Jesus, and I hope you would too. Let's sing him 327. He is the biggest richness that we can have.
to be our desire every day to have Jesus. And when we have him in our hearts and in our minds, we can declare we are redeemed, redeemed by his love and his Holy Spirit. Let's sing hymn 337, Redeemed. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb Redeemed through His infinite mercy His child and forever I am Redeemed, redeemed Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb Redeemed, redeemed Welcome, Wayne, new Wayne, to our church. How many of you would like to give him a warm welcoming? Yes, praise the Lord. I have Mark here because Mark has a few words that he's going to share. And also, surely, if you could be ready to present a special gift for Wayne. Yeah, Pastor, if I'd come up and say a few words. I'm used to talking late when I get up here, so that's no problem. But I just want to say, we met Wayne through... Uh, Introduced to us through a beautiful couple named um, Dean and Heidi Rate, and how the Holy Spirit led step by step. And then we got to know more after we met him and uh, coming to our home for lunch. And we got to know him pretty good there, just visiting and enjoying his fellowship. And what's really interesting is, you know, this new year began, um, New Year's Day was on Sabbath, and Wayne attended this church for the first time that Sabbath and has been coming here ever since. And then the pastor called a couple months ago and asked if I'd be interested in doing the studies with Wayne and I was excited because I love doing Bible studies with people. And our pastor, we're so thankful, is a very busy person. I don't think we understand how busy we keep him as a church and our duty as laymen to come and help out where we can. And uh, so I got the opportunity to study with Wayne and uh, 
the hardest thing was I had to break the law to actually come study with him. And here I'm going to talk to him about the law because driving truck and being away, you got to really go. And there are many times I'm speeding and I'm just saying, I got to get there on time. But, you know, I've had over 30 speeding tickets, but I've talked my way out of 15. So I said, Lord, if a police, if a police pulls me over, I'm going to say I'm speeding because I'm going to be late for a Bible study, right? So I wasn't worried, and I got here on time. Wayne would see me rushing here, like just, you see what I'm like at work. Monong understands about rushing, and, and, and uh, I never got to miss one. And I tell you what, I was blessed by studying, and that's the most awesome thing about doing Bible studies. I've had the opportunity to do many Bible studies, but I was so blessed by Wayne as he drank from that fire hose these beautiful truths. And as we shared that this movement began way back with Huss and Jerome and Luther, and it got formulated in 1844 as prophecy was fulfilled. And then as this church was established, a movement of the Seventh-day Adventists, and as he went through all these like 28 fundamental beliefs or just principles, godly principles in the Bible that we share and study, I was learning. I was learning more and more. As he drank from the fire hose, it was, it was a blessing to see how the Holy Spirit was teaching and leading. Because there is a quote that says, the Holy Spirit can teach you more in a lifetime than all the universities can teach you in a day. You know, and so the power of the Holy Spirit moving. So I was encouraged by my brother, and we're going to look forward to the fellowship for Sabbath this afternoon. And I just thank God for the opportunity, Pastor, and any time. And uh, appreciate it very much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for the, for the great work. Shirley... Uh, Wayne, the church has prepared a small gift for you, and, and we would like you to have it as, as a token of love. This is his uh, baptismal certificate. You will keep that in your records, and a very special, and a special gift that the church has given. Give us a welcoming to Wayne, our new church member. Thank you, everybody. Let's give an applause, please. Come on. We are going to have a closing prayer now. Uh, right after that, there is a, a, a song that Katie is going to be playing. And right after this song, the ushers will give us the exiting. Um, we know who uh, got up this morning. I would like to meet with you, if it's possible, during this week. Right after we meet tonight, we leave today. Uh, please give us your names, your phone numbers, so we can be in contact with you. We understand that this is a very sensitive time, and it is time for us to give our lives to God. If you prepare, if you feel like you would like to get prepared for baptism, and you would like to take Bible studies, reach out to us. This is our main job. Everything else can wait. This is the main important job of our church, to reach souls for the kingdom of heaven. Let's have a word of prayer. Let's stand up as we pray. You've been sitting for a good while. Come on, let's stretch up a little bit. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for, for waiting for us. Uh, it's been a longer service today, but a wonderful one as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the great opportunity you allow us to experience in our church today, to see another soul being won by the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the decision Wayne has made now. We pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to guide his path. We also pray for his mom and his aunt who are here with him. May they also feel the blessing of being in contact with you. Prosper them 
as they go on their way. May your peace go before them. And we also pray especially for those who stood up while we were making that appeal. May you seal the decision they made in their hearts. And Lord, may you continue to guide your church in the mission-driven purpose of saving souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated.